Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Good morning. It is great to be here at Simple Church, and I just so appreciate the opportunity to be here and share this morning. As uh, Pastor Aaron said, I am on staff at C3 Church, and that's in Pickerington. And what a privilege and an honor it is to just even be introduced as one of his pastors, because I, I, love, I love your pastor. I got the chance to, to get to know him and Shanda a little bit when they attended C3. And just even as I look out over, over this audience, it's just really cool to, to feel like I'm home because there are so many faces that I know. And if I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, I really look forward to that opportunity. And I just want you to know that you have got a great team of people here at Simple Church. And, and it's just an honor to call them friends. And, uh, you know, again, just an honor. And I appreciate you, Aaron. Just thank you for trusting me enough to come here and, and minister today. I hope that you're going to be blessed by this because I got a chance to hear uh, Pastor Aaron's message last week on... Jesus is grace, and uh, what, a, what a great message that was. I love just the, even just the simplicity of this message that Jesus is, and then you get to fill in that blank. And, and I, again, I just even like how he said that this morning, that once you define who Jesus is, you live your life a way that's, a, that's in alignment with that belief. And one of the things that as I listened to the message last week, I was a little bit saddened by the Facebook responses that you got. Some of them were absolutely hysterical. Some of them would just break your heart. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to that, I know it's on podcast because that's how I listen to it. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to Jesus' grace because I believe it will challenge you. But one of the things that made me realize is that as, as followers of Jesus, we have our work cut out for us. Because there's a lot of false perceptions about who Jesus really is. And uh, I appreciate the, the grace message. And today, we're going to talk about how Jesus is life. And again, that's just a very simple word, but if we really believe that then this could change our lives. That if we really believe that Jesus is life, then that could really change the way that we live ours. Uh, has anybody ever told you to get a life? Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about get a life, and we're going to talk about how to do that. Have you ever noticed that nobody probably, anybody that's ever told you to get a life, they probably never said that as a compliment? Did they? No, they probably didn't mean that in a real positive way. But again, I'm really excited to share that with you this morning. I wouldn't say that I was excited if I weren't, because if you're anything like me, you got pet peeves. One of my pet peeves is, anybody in here old enough to remember the cartoon Droopy Dog? Droopy Dog was that dog that walked around and just talked about how happy he was, and there was nothing about this dog that looked happy. I am genuinely excited to be here, and if I wanted to be like, I'm so happy. You know, the Droopy Dog person just drives me nuts. They look miserable. They want to tell you that they're happy, but they're not. And so I am not that guy. Another thing that just drives me absolutely crazy is the guy that won't turn off his turn signal when there's nowhere to turn. It's like, you're not going to turn into the median, so turn that thing off. You just want to drive up next to him. Anybody ever discipline him with your turn signal? You come, cut him off, and then you turn your turn signal on? No, I'm the only one that's ever done that? Yeah, okay, thank you. We got some honest people up in this simple church. That is the way that we do things here. But even another one is the victim mentality. As, as pastors, we get a lot of people who will come and talk to us, and it'll just be this, 
gloom and doom. And it's worse than Droopy Dog because Droopy Dog might, might say something. There might be some truth put to it. But this, this person is all about the, oh, poor me. I'm the victim of everything. People treat me this way. People talk about me. People this. People. It's always somebody else to the victim. The victim says, it's not ever my fault. The victim mentality drives me crazy. One of the other ones, and I am stepping on a lot of toes right out of the gate, is the people that just talk about how busy they are. Oh, my word. Is anybody in here not busy? Can we just get that out of the way? Good. Okay. We got, we got, one, we got two people that's not busy. So if you need something done, see them. Because everybody else is just so busy. So maybe we can just as a, we can start a movement of let's just stop the, the I'm so busy movement. It's like this badge of honor that the busier you are, the better you are, the more friends you have or something. I don't know what goes into it. But there is a lot of people that are busy. But do they have a life? Every man dies but not every man lives. Not every man truly lives. That was a, a quote from William Wallace. We need to get a life. And, and, and when, we, when, when somebody says that to us, basically what they're saying is, what I see you doing with your life doesn't really seem to make sense to me. I don't think it's really worthy of who you say you are. You're going to die, but are you truly living your life? You know, I, I, did, an, I did a Facebook poll similar to what your pastor did, who is somebody that you would say, get a life to? And some of the feedback I got was uh, the, uh, the, the downer, and that's similar to the droopy dog guy. But the downer is the one that will just sit and criticize everything without giving any constructive feedback on how to do it better. The downer guy is just going to tell you how bad it is or how bad you are and not talk about anything to help make your life better. They're just going to point out the negative. The downer guy is the one that will sit and complain and then put LOL. They're the ones that are just going to make it sound, oh, I'm just being funny. No, you're not. You're complaining. You're just bringing everybody down and you just want people to think that that you're being funny. Uh, Somebody said this one. You need to get a life if you watch The Real Housewives instead of being a real housewife. I thought that was pretty good. I've never watched The Real Housewives, but apparently she did. So I'm not sure if she was talking to herself or not. The Glory Day guy. Anybody ever had a friend that just can't get out of the glory days? Have you ever seen Napoleon Dynamite? It's Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico is the glory day guy. He's the one that says, man, 20 years ago, back when I was in high school, we'd have won states if they'd put me in. Or back when I was this age and I could do this. And it's the glory day person. The one that's just never been able to move beyond that time where they felt that they were the most valuable. Another one that somebody said, the grenade guy has to get a life. The grenade personality. The grenade personality is the one that just walk in, walks in, makes a bunch of comments, and then just gets out of there. I'm just going to walk into your church, Aaron. I'm going to tell you all the things that are bad, and then I'm just going to get out of here. I'm just going to drop the grenade, and I'm just going to leave it to you to clean up. And then somebody said this one, the seagull. The one that just flies in, craps all over everything, and flies out. They never deal with any of the consequences. I thought that was pretty funny because actually if you've ever been to the beach and you had a seagull, that's like the leadership style or the management style that just drives people nuts. I'm just going to fly in, just do my business all over everything, and then just fly out, and I'm not left to deal with any of the consequences. All these people are going to die. Some of you feel really great about that. (laughs) But are they truly living? And that's what we're here. There's got to be a different way. Did anybody ever just wish that you had a different life? Maybe you just wish, I wish I had a less stressful life. 
Maybe there's a season of your life that you just wish you could push the button and get a do-over, not for your whole life, just for this little season, just for this little piece of my life. Just give me the do-over for that part, and I would be fine. Maybe you just wish that you weren't so busy. Maybe you just say, my life is just so full that I just wish I could create some margin in that life. Maybe I just wish I was more disciplined to do the things that I, that I deem as important. Maybe I just wish that I could be more productive in the things that I really enjoy doing. Maybe you're so busy. Have you ever noticed that when you're so busy, you don't make the best decisions? As a parent, <laughs> this is either going to make me sound like the best parent or the worst parent. When my daughter was probably seven years old, she's uh, like 17 now, but she's seven or eight years old, and I just remember one day we were so busy, and I just totally forgot lunch, but we were, somebody had ice cream, so she had a blizzard for lunch. I'm a great parent. And then we got busy that later that evening, and I forgot to feed the kid dinner. And so her aunt was taking all her kids out for, for ice cream. My kid went for ice cream again. So my child had a blizzard for lunch and then more ice cream for dinner. And I remember thinking, I'm the man. I, I am the best dad on this planet. And then when my kid was throwing up that night, I thought, I'm an idiot. I am the worst parent on this planet. But we don't necessarily have, when we're so busy, we don't always make the best decisions. If your life is busy, if it's out of control, if it's chaotic, I heard a great statement that one time, and the guy said, if the devil can't make you bad, he will just make you busy. And I thought about that, and I know that, that he knows that if he can keep us busy, life will slowly just be drained right out of us. That when you're so busy, you don't necessarily take care of yourself. Why, what's the one reason that we always, well, I didn't go to the gym, or I don't eat right, or whatever. Why? Because our schedules are so full that we don't take the time, that we don't set aside the time. So what we do is we stay up really late. And we hit the ground running, we get the kids out the door, they go to school looking like you combed their hair with a balloon, but they're out the door, they're at school, right? And then you get breakfast, you grab a donut, you rinse it down with a milkshake, and then you gotta, you got to drink your energy drink with your fast food that you're having for lunch because you're just so busy. We need to stop, we need to pause, we need to get a life, we need to reprioritize. If you have your Bibles here this morning, we're going to go to one of my favorite verses in the, in the Bible, and it's Proverbs 4.23. You can probably all quote it if you, if you, if you need it. Uh, maybe it'll be on the screen. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to get one into your hands. But Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else. Now, let me just pause there for a second, because the wisest man ever to walk this planet, minus Jesus, is the guy that wrote this, above all else. So let me just say this, that what's coming next, he's saying that there is nothing more important than what I'm about to say, because above all else means above all else. Okay, so above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Why? Because it is the wellspring of life. And basically what that means to you is that everything that you do, everything that you say, every action, where does it flow from? Your heart. So above all else, you guard that heart because all my words are coming from here. All my LOLs are coming from here. All my comments, all my actions, all my, everything that I'm doing is coming from my heart. And if we want our hearts, if our hearts truly are the wellspring of our lives, if everything that flows out of me is coming from my heart, then I better be really sure that what I'm putting into my heart is what I want to come out of my heart, that it needs to be pure. So everywhere I go, I got to guard my heart. 
Everything that I watch, I've got to guard my heart. Everything that I allow to go into my ears, everything that I listen to, I've got to guard my heart. Every person that I'm around, I need to guard my heart. And we have to be very intentional with our time because if we truly believe that Jesus is life, we need to make Him a priority because we know that we can get that life, that we can, get, we can allow Him to pour into our hearts what is being poured out of our hearts. And the problem is that we give our time to so many other things. We give our time to other people, other places, other things. And I'm not saying these are bad things. But I'm just saying that that is all that is going into your heart if you're not allowing Jesus to pour into our heart. But Jesus is the source of life. And we have so much, we only have so much in us to be able to pour out. Anybody just ever sometimes just feel like I am run on empty? Or I am darn close to just being on fumes. I don't know where I'm going to get the energy to do these things that I really have to do. And everyone in here You have multiple people that you need to pour out to. You do. There are people that need you. But we are fully in charge of what we do with our time and who we pour out to. I decide who gets my time and how much of it. I decide how I'm going to allow what's in my heart to come out. I decide what is going in to my heart. So I brought a a couple things here just to illustrate this. This is a ninja. This represents me. Because if you haven't noticed by now just how, how gracefully I walked to this platform, I am a ninja. I am nothing like a ninja. This is just what I mix my breakfast shakes with in the morning. So this represents me. This represents my heart. This is how full I am right now. So I've got some family, and I, I, I asked my wife, which cup do you want to represent you? She picked this slender, elegant, this is the one that represents her because this is the one that she told me represents my wife. So I have a wife, and she needs some of my time. I also have some children. I have a, a, a little 8-year-old named Hannah. I've got a, a 17-year-old named Shayna. I've got a little 6-year-old. This is Hello Kitty. She loves Hello Kitty. She's, she's 6, so I, did you hear me say she a lot? I don't have any boys. I, introduced, I actually introduced this little girl as my last attempt for a boy. We're done. There's not going to be any boys. I don't have any more to pour out anyway, so I'm okay. And then we got a couple other people, but let me start here. So my wife, she needs some of my time. She needs some of, you know, she needs quality time with me. She needs the conversation. She needs to feel loved. She needs, she needs the encouragement. She needs me to tell her how beautiful she is, and I need to do those things. Those are all really good things. So I also have three, three children. Yeah, that's a lot of children. So I don't get to see this 17-year-old much because she's got a car now. And just just real funny story sidebar here. On my birthday, she was, she was driving, and she, knows, she went to Circle K to get me a big old Polar Pop. On her way out of Circle K, she wrecks into a tree and runs over a mailbox on her way to give Dad his birthday present. Happy birthday, Dad. I wrecked my car. My daughter needs my time. That took more of my time than I had. So I'm like, oh, man, you know, I got to give to you when I see you. So I pour in some love. I pour in some encouragement because I want her to know that Dad loves her. Because if she doesn't know that Dad loves her, then she's going to try to find that acceptance and that love and that, that affirmation somewhere else. So I need to pour in to my daughter. 
My, my middle daughter there, you know, there's that middle child thing, so maybe i got to give her a little bit more of my time. And i just got to make sure that I'm giving her the affirmation and the love and make her feel special because she's not the oldest, she's not the youngest. The youngest pretty much gets away with everything, so she gets a little bit more of my time maybe. But, and, and it's not about balance. It's just a matter of I've got a lot of places i got to pour out. And so one of the places I get to pour out is my wife. And then however many children you have. But it doesn't just stop there, does it? Because some of you have parents that are very actively involved in your life. I brought this to represent my dad. It's a water bottle because my dad's now 65 years old. He just retired. And just as a way for him and my mom to spend some quality time together, they walk 5Ks. They walk a lot of 5Ks. And my dad's pretty funny because he doesn't do it for the health benefits. In fact, he will cross the line smoking a cigar. My dad will cross the finish line smoking a cigar, and he will brag that he came in dead last. But you know what? He still gets the t-shirt, and he still gets to say he finished it, and he did enough of these 5Ks that he now has a t-shirt that says Iron Man. So my dad, the walking smoker, is an Iron Man. So there's a guy that walks in these things with a, with a walker. He beats my dad. But my dad, my dad is hilarious. I love my dad. i got a great relationship with my dad. Any chance I get, I will take whatever time I have with my parents. Some of you may have your parents that live locally. Some of you may not have parents that, that are still alive. But what I'm saying there is there are other people outside of just your wife and your children. And then this is just, you know, the red solo cup. This represents your job. This represents your boss. This represents your coworkers. <laughs> And we're going to go ahead and put a straw in that cup because some of your coworkers just suck the life right out of you, don't they? (laughs) They will just drain you for everything you're worth. And you go to work, and, oh, man, there's not a whole lot left to pour into my job. So, wow, my my job definitely needs a little bit more of my attention, so I'm not going to be able to give my wife the attention and the the time that she needs. Oh, gosh, it's just overtime, so now i got to pour into here. Oh, Dad, I'm sorry I didn't give my wife enough attention. You see what I'm doing? I only have so much. I can only pour it out to so many different places, so many different ways. I can try to get really, really strategic or really intentional or really creative about where it goes and how it goes there. But the bottom line is I'm empty. I've got nothing left to give. I am drained. But who I pour out to, that's totally up to me. I can make that decision. I am in control. But what you pour out depends on what you put in. This represents my heart. Where do I go to get this thing refilled? Most, most of us will go back to these people, right? Hey, honey, I poured out to you. I need you to pour back into me. I need you to pour out to me. You know what that's called? That's called codependency. That is called, if I'm pouring out to you, the only reason I'm pouring out to you is so you will pour back into me. That is not healthy. That is a way to manipulate the other person to get what you want. That is not a life-giving relationship. Hey, honey, I poured out to you. Hey, 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 I mean, I'm going to my kids for this. I shouldn't need my children to pour into me. I need to be pouring life out to them. So I can't be codependent. Codependency is sitting around feeling empty or feeling near empty, waiting on all these people. Guys, I did for you. Guys, I scratched your back. You scratched mine. I helped you. you got to help me. I'm feeding you. You've got to feed me. We need to get a life. We need to make sure that our life is being filled in a way that we can pour back out to others without wanting or needing something in return from them. 
So we can't get into this codependency because codependency is depending on people, places, or things as the source of our life. When we pour out and wait for people to pour back into us, we need to just stop. And I hope you hear me say this. I hope you hear yourself say this. Get a life. Get a life. Because I can't be dependent on them pouring in to me. Is busy getting in the way of life? If we truly believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, according to John 14, 6, he says this. Jesus says, I am, me, Jesus. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. I am life. Jesus is life. What is living life to the fullest? Are you doing that? You know what happens when we view these other people as as our source of happiness? We also view them as the source of our problems. We become codependent on them. If I blame my wife for never pouring back into me, she's the problem. But you know what? Then I also set her up as she's the solution. And that's not healthy either. To put them in a place that's never, that they were never supposed to be. So you know what I do when I start to view her as the source of my problems? I try to control her. I'll try to control these people. I'll try to manipulate them to kind of lean a little bit my way or to give me some of the things that I know I need. I'm trying to control. I'm trying to manipulate. I'm really trying to conform them into my perfect image. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to change them. Is anybody married to anybody that's really, really different from you? No? Yeah? Okay, just a few. Yes, absolutely. Yes, you're definitely married to somebody that's different than you. How crazy is it to try to get them to be more like you? They probably don't, <laughs> they don't want to be. You don't want them to be. You spend so much in try, time and energy to get them to pour back into you. You know what that's called? That's called being stuck. You are stuck. When you blame others as the source of the problem, they're also set up to be the source as the, of the solution. You are stuck. And until she changes, then I'm stuck. Until they pour back into me, then I'm stuck. Is it just, a, just a couple examples of the ways that I'm different from my wife, and maybe you're different from uh, the person that, that's significant in your life. Do you ever always agree on the movie you're going to see? No. She wants, let's decorate it, and you say, let's blow it up. But even, even she wants to go see, she wants to go see the, 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 the vampires with the cool abs, and you want to go see the zombies. Let's just go, yeah, let's go bite some faces off. Holiday decorations, we just came out of that season. She wants elegant and look nice and to just twinkle on the, on the, on the music. You want Clark Griswold. You want Christmas vacation. You want to be able to see that baby from the moon. If your electric meter isn't spinning like a fan, there is not enough plugged in. That's the difference between you and your spouse. Savings. You think it's something that you put away for an emergency or something specific. Your spouse thinks it's just the difference between the actual price and the sale price. That is the savings. That's what your spouse thinks. Don't even get me started on driving. Because you say those signs are there because they're the law. And if you break that law, you go to jail, Jesus stops loving you, all things is just bad. But the other person thinks that they are just suggestions that hopefully other people will follow. That's the difference. You're married. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm this guy. I'm the cut-in guy. You're the, if you may, my spouse is the one that no matter how long that line is, she's going to get over and she's going to wait her turn. 
Oh, no, no, no. I am going, I'll ride on, the, on the, the rumble strips if I have to to get further up there. I'm putting on my blinker, and here's how you cut in. You never look at them, you just go. You just go. You don't make eye contact. Put your head down and you just go. Now I got a big church sticker on the back of my car, and I'm like, that really ruins things because now they can go and look me up, and that doesn't represent Jesus. So that was a way for me to have to curb my driving. But you just cut in. One's waiting in line. The other one's cut in patiently. It's crazy to try to fix them. It's crazy to try to get them to be more like us. We're so totally different. We're different for a reason. But every moment that I'm trying to spend to change them, I'm making them the source of my life. I'm making them the source of my happiness, the source of my anger, the source of all my problems. You know what the best thing for me to do is? Just resign. Resign as the general manager of the universe because it's not my job to change somebody else. If, you're, if you just feel like, man, the energy from my relationship is drained, it is gone, you know why? You're probably trying to change. You're probably trying to control. You're probably trying to manipulate. You're probably trying to be in a role that you were never meant to be in. When I try to control, when I, when I try to take control of myself and others, I'm putting them in a place where they need to pour back into me, and I need them to pour back into me. It's, a, it's that whole, if you would, then I could. If you wouldn't, then I wouldn't. If you did, then I would. It's that whole, if, then. And that's not the way it's designed to be with anybody. Because if I'm basing my happiness on something they do or don't do, that is not using Jesus as the source of my life. I remember my wife and I went to a, uh, to a marriage retreat and. Uh, I was, out, I was just out for a run. I was just loving life. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just praying. And I'm worshiping. And I, I feel like God gave me this picture. And in my, in my head, I'm standing there screaming at a plastic plant. Now, how stupid is that? And I'm just like, what is that a picture of? It's a plastic plant. And I'm standing there screaming at it, yelling, grow! Produce apples! Produce oranges, grow. I'm, it's a plastic plant. It can't. And I feel like later during that week, that's what I'm trying to do when I'm trying to change somebody else. I can't. Me screaming at that plant is not going to make it grow any more than me nagging my wife or my wife nagging me or me yelling at my kids to, to feed back because I'm feeling insecure. None of that is going to matter. It's pointless. The best thing I can do if I really want a plant to grow, is I can nurture it. I can make sure it has the environment, that it's a safe environment for my family. I can make sure that they're getting the nutrients, the words of affirmation, you know, the water, the, the sunlight. That's what a plant needs to grow. I can make sure that they're getting the safe environment, the nurturing, the, the, the feeling like they're, they're accepted and loved for who they are. That is my job, is to nurture and put that plant in the best place to grow. But me screaming at that plant is looking to them as the source of my life. When our children, you know, sometimes I think that Facebook was only created so we can brag on our kids. I just, maybe that's another pet peeve of mine, but when you use Facebook to show what a great parent you are, that's a little bit of an unhealthy balance there. Hey, I'm all about let's brag on our kids. But it's almost like we just put this stuff out there. 
all the time. Oh, there's a cute picture of your kid. I got to put a cuter picture of my kid. Oh, your kid's in piano. Oh, my kid's got to be in piano and dance. Your kid's in piano and dance, and mine's got to be piano, dance, and cheering. We just, it's like we're competing with the whole Facebook world, and we're using our kids. It's that vanity parenting. It creeps in that my kids are better dressed. My kids are cuter. My kids are more talented. My kids are smarter. That is using our kids as a very unhealthy source. I'm not saying that you do that just because you post something. I'm saying that when that becomes really what you're doing and you're using all those comments and feedbacks and likes and all that stuff that you get on Facebook, it's filling a need in you. And I would challenge you to see what is that need in me? Is that an unhealthy balance? that we are using our children so that, that we can look like better parents, that we're using our children so that we can look like we've got it all together. And we're, you know what we're doing? We're comparing our everyday to everybody else's highlight reel because isn't that what people do? They put their best foot forward out on the social media. They're putting all this stuff that they want you to see out there, and you're comparing your everyday to their highlight reel. My kids have some great traits in spite of me. My kids have some of my personalities, which is probably the reason that we argue a lot. But it's not, it's not for me to try to get them to do what I want them to do. It's to teach them that Jesus is their source of life. So I need to pour into my children. And I believe that, I believe that as parents, you know, there are some people that, that you can raise two kids the exact same way and get totally different results. Isn't that true? Because I don't think, I think as parents... We take way too much credit, but we also take way too much blame. That if, if we're doing our job as parents, we are providing that loving, nurturing environment that it's not up to us. It's up to us to steer them and guide them and help them make decisions. But we can't take full responsibility for the way that, that our kids turn out all the time because some of them are just going to make bad decisions. Some of them are going to excel. So if you're taking all the credit, you're taking all the blame, both are an unhealthy balance. I remember reading Matthew 7, 9 through 11, and, and, it, and I just love this because it says, which of you whose son asks for bread will give him a stone? In other words, you're not going to do that to your kid. You're not, you're not that type of person. Or if he asks for a fish, you'll give him a snake. That's not what we're going to do as parents. If then you, who are evil, though you are evil, we're all evil, you know how to get good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? The comforting part of that verse is, I'm an evil parent. <laughs> All right, so now when my kids turn out a certain way, it's like I'm evil. I can't do it on my own. I need Jesus as the source of my life. This is one of the best parenting verses in the Bible. You know, parenting has become more about us than it even has about our kids. So what about your parents? I know some people that when I talk to them, how they're, they're, they're in their mid-30s or whatever age, and it's like they can't buy a car without getting dad's opinion. They can't do certain things. Many of you who have marital conflicts that are based around the parents, maybe we have put our parents in a place that we need their approval. You know why our holiday plans change? Because mom will get mad if they don't. You know why we're going this way instead of that way? Because I need my dad's approval. You know what? When we enter into a marriage relationship We've got to make sure that we are in a balance, that we can't focus so much on what we need from our parents. And maybe you're in that position where you just never got from your parents the love and the affirmation and the feedback and, the, and, and just the encouragement that you want. So you're still stuck in that pattern of, I need it. 
I need it. I'm going to do something good enough to get it. And that's an unhealthy pattern. That is an unhealthy thing because you're looking to your parents as your source of life. Or maybe you're just in that place where you just, you just don't want to disappoint them. Why? Because you need their approval. You need their love. Maybe you've gone so totally the opposite way. That's what dad wants? I am doing the opposite. My dad doesn't want me to get any piercing tattoos. I'm going for neck tat and I'm bringing a girl home who has all the tattoos and piercings all over her face. That's unhealthy too. Because you want it so bad. I'm not saying all that is unhealthy. I'm saying the reason that you're doing that is unhealthy. Because you didn't get the love and approval and the affirmation. So now it's like I'm just trying to make them mad. And that is an unhealthy balance too. Codependency. Relying on places, people, and things as a source of life. We need to get a life. Bottom line, Jesus is life. And Jesus is the source of our lives. You know, I get to pour, I get to pour into some people in my life and, without, with, and I want to do it without the expectation that they are going to pour back into me. Maybe your boss is the one that you just say, doggone it, he walked right by me and he didn't even smile. Oh man, I did so much work on that report and he didn't even acknowledge it. Yeah, we want, we want to be recognized, but are we going to lose sleep over the fact that my boss didn't pour back into me, that my boss didn't meet the need that I, that my boss, that I put this expectation out there that he doesn't even know, and then he didn't live up to that expectation. Isn't that what we do? We're looking to others as our source. John 10.10 says, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But then here's what Jesus says. He says, but I have come that you would have what? Life. Not just to have life, but that you would have it abundantly. That you would have more than you ever thought. You're still going to have problems. You're still going to have issues. You're going to still have all those things. But you are going to have the source of life. You're going to be plugged in to that source of life. On our own, we don't have a lot to give. But when Jesus is the source of life, you know what? I can stand up here and just pour out all day. Because it's an unlimited, it's an abundant supply of life. And if I, if I get to that place where I'm a little bit empty, oh, I'm plugged into Jesus. This thing's being refilled and refilled and refilled. I remember reading John 15, 5 and just how that impacted my life. That if Jesus is life, not, not my boss, not my spouse, not my children, not my parents. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's John 14, 6. No one comes to the Father except, me, except through me. But John 15, 5 really took on a new meaning for me when I read it and read it this way. And it was just a simple, simple illustration. And Greg grabbed on. Let's just say this, this music stand right here. He grabbed on to this and says, okay, if that's Jesus, he says, I am the vine, you are the branch. So Jesus the vine, I'm the branch here. He says, if you remain in me, I will remain in you. So this visual right here says that there is life flowing right here this whole time. I am the vine, you're the branch. You remain in me, I will remain in you, I will abide in you. And then what's he say? You will bear much fruit. Now here's the beauty of that. Here's the visual. If you think about what is the fruit of the Spirit, peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Who doesn't need that? How do we get that? This, John 15, 5. You remain in me, I will remain in you. And you will have this fruit. Here's what we do. Wow, we got this fruit. I want more fruit. I don't even have the fruit that I had. Why? 
because I let go of the connection. So I don't need to be focusing on, woo, look at all this. This is a byproduct of, look at this. If I'm constantly focusing on the source of life, I'm going to have peace when there's no reason to have peace. I'm going to be able to love when the other people are coming at me with hate. I'm going to be able to to have joy even in the most painful and trying times. Peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And then what's he saying? This is the the toughest part. Apart from me, you let go of this life-giving source. Apart from me, what can you do? Nothing. Can I be a better spouse? No. Can I be a better dad? No. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Can I be a better boss? Can I be a better coworker? Nothing. Can I? Nothing. Say it with me, folks. Nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I love the simplicity of the message of this church. The vision of your pastor, the the mission. Love God, love people, serve the world. You can't do the last two without doing the first one. What's he saying? This is my source of life. If I don't love God, I don't even like people. If I don't have this love for God, I am not serving anybody. You need to serve me. Because that is our selfish desires. We want what we want when we want it. But when we are plugged into that source of life, we can love God, we can love people, and we can serve this world. You know what's going to happen? People are going to look at you and say, what is different? And you're going to say the source of life. You're going to say, Jesus, you know what? Let me introduce you. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Jesus is life. And if you're pouring out negativity, if you're pouring out anger, if you're going through something and you know you're just not handling it right, I would challenge you. Check the source. Are you plugged in? Are you abiding in? And is he abiding in you? Are you focusing on that connection? I used to go, when I would encounter people and they were so extremely negative and just cynical or whatever, I would sometimes just get offended. Like, who the heck are they to talk to me like that? And then I got to that place where it's like, ah, boy, they're just not plugged in. And if I am, then I'm not getting offended. If I'm plugged into this, I've got peace regardless of how they treat me. But I now can look at them and say, they need life. They need Jesus. Because Jesus is life. If you would just give me the honor, I'd love to just pray for you. If you would bow your heads, if that's, just, if that's something comfortable you feel doing, just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. And I'm just going to ask you this. If you admit that you've maybe been being codependent, whether that's on your spouse, your children, your boss, your coworkers, you know, parents, whatever that is. If you just say, you know what, I've been needing. That is a need that I have now, I I recognize and I admit. I have been really needing other people to pour pour into me. I've been looking to other people to be the source of my life. But today I'm making that decision to allow Jesus to be who he is. Jesus is life. If that's you this morning and you say, you know what, I just want you to pray for me because I've been doing that. Would you just put your hand up and put it right back down for me? Yep, 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 yep. You are not alone. Many hands in this room went up. You are not alone. And I'm just going to pray for you right now. And I'm going to pray that Jesus would become that source of life. 
And there's a word we use in churches that is just called salvation or being saved or maybe we'll say crossing the line of faith. Basically what that means is you're saying, Lord, I am going to look to you as the source of my life. I'm going to ask you to forgive me for my sins. I am going to change my ways. I am going to plug into you and I'm asking you to be the Lord of my life. So Father, we do, we come to you right now. And Lord, all those hands that went up, they are saying that they have been going to somewhere other than you as the source of their life. That Lord, I can just look in the eyes of some of these people and just tell that, Lord, they're tired. Lord, they're drained. They need life. They need life to the fullest. They need life abundantly. That Lord, there is just so much energy and sideways energy and extracurricular activity that's going on that's not producing anything fulfilling in them. It's draining them, Lord, because they're not plugged into you. The Father, I pray that if there's anyone here today that has not made that decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their lives, then today that they would just say that simple prayer that says, Dear Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Lord, help me to follow you all of my days. Lord, I believe that you are the way. You are the truth and you are the life. Lord, I will not spend an eternity in heaven if I do not ask you to be my Lord and Savior. So Father, today I pray that there are many in this room that have asked you to be the source of their life. And Father, we will give you all the glory, all the praise, because we know your word says that when one person repents and turns from the way that they were going to now following you, your word clearly says that all of heaven rejoices. That even right now, we can just picture all of heaven just throwing the biggest party because there are people in this very room that heard the simple message that Jesus is life and they have made a change for the good. They've made a change to follow you and to depend on you. That now when they pour out, they are pouring out love. They are pouring out peace and patience and kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. And that they are in full control, Lord, because that's where you want them. That they are now plugged into you and you will remain in them. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to see so many lives changed and to see the truth be pronounced and that Jesus is Lord. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here this morning. If you appreciated the message that uh, Gary brought this morning, I want you to show him some appreciation. And thank you so much for being here today, sir. Did I get it on? I'm not used to having to grab a microphone. I've usually got my headset on it. I just talk and it comes out. Um, so right now... If you have any kind of need in your life, I just want to give you an opportunity to receive prayer and then we're going to close the service. There are people in the back of the room that are wearing badges just like this. I'll give you just a moment. You can get up now. You can, you can meet with them. They will pray with you over any need. Maybe it's a situation at work, situation at home. Maybe you've got uh, an illness in your body or there's, I know there's a lot of that going across the congregation. Talk to more and more people. They're like, oh, I'm sick. I'm like, hey, let me stay back here. <laughs> stay right there because I'm not. But if you need prayer now, I would encourage you to move and find somebody to get prayer. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe that God answers prayer. Amen? And so if you need any, anything at all there, back there in the room. Uh, and then at this time, we would like to go ahead and ask our service hosts to come forward. We'll receive today's tithes and offerings. 
And uh, I want to thank you because we're able to do everything that we're able to do here in Reynoldsburg. The Simple Church is able to exist because of your faithful giving. So we just thank you so much for that. And I um, uh, want to encourage you on your way out today. Make sure you grab those invitation cards. Make sure you grab them. If, you, if you're enjoying what you're hearing here, if, if God is challenging your heart, if you're, you're taking a step towards change because of Jesus that's an awesome thing. Share that with somebody this week. Share it. We post the podcast on, on Facebook because I will post this message today, later on this afternoon. Share it with a friend. Say, you've got to hear this thing that I heard today. I would encourage you to do that. All right, at this time, I'd like to uh, pray. We'll close out the service. Father, thank you so much for challenging our hearts today to, to get a life. And not just any life, but that life that is found only in you, that is provided to us through Jesus, that we can connect to that life source, not just today and then forget about it the rest of the week, but that we can connect to it today and experience that life-giving love of Jesus every day, that we may, may remain in the vine, remain in that life. Lord, help us to do that. Help us make it a priority every day to connect with you. Lord, I pray blessings over all these. I pray health and strength in every person's body here. Lord, those that are here today, those that are absent because they are sick. Lord, I pray health and peace and grace on each one of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for coming today. God bless you. We'll see you next week.